Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. We are going to review uh, the games of the semifinals of the college football playoff. It, that'll probably take like two minutes. Because let's be honest, not, not real competitive. That would be more time than Ohio State spent in the playoff. Mm-hmm. We're going to, how many minutes, if we spent as many minutes as points scored for Ohio State, we'd be done. There you are, we've folks. Actually gone o- we've, we've actually gone over. Yeah, whoops, we've we've surpassed Ohio State. That's cool. And if we did seconds for a number of points Washington scored, we'd be done with that as well. That's that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. What was your favorite time Washington crossed the fifty yard line, Brian, against Alabama? Um, I, I like the second time a lot. Huh? I'd go with the first one because that one was the one where you could tell who has and hasn't been paying attention to college football this season. Because like the people who haven't were like, uh oh, upset. Watch, <laughs> you know. And you go, you go, no, no, no. They're just letting you hit them first, so they can gauge how far they're gauging reach, right? They're like, oh, that's how far you are away from my they're, fist. I think when Bama lets you score first, they're doing the thing Kylo Ren does, where you know he gets shot and he punches himself in the wound to make it hurt more. They're mm-hmm. just they're just letting you piss them off. I was going to say, like, in, in, I feel like every encounter the Predator has in a movie, the Predator gets shot first and is like, cool, cool. All right. So it's on. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're just letting Bama know that you actually want some. That's what happens when you score first. Because if you don't, I don't know what happens. I mean, yeah. I, mean I guess Nick Saban's and... just fine with, we'll, 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 I guess we'll kick a field goal at the end. Yeah, that's fine. I'll just beat, I'll just beat you up. Uh, also, hey, congratulations to our podcast for lasting longer in the college football playoffs than Lane Kiffin's career at Alabama. Huh. Hey, that's true, because Lane Kiffin managed to get fired from a job he had already been fired from. How- that's trademark Roger Sherman, and it is the most accurate <laughs> assessment of this. I think he got fired three times from one job because he also put out there that he wanted to come back and just hang out on the sidelines and Saban said no <laughs> please go away <laughs> like he he quit from a job that there were rumors he wouldn't be welcome at anyway and then they mutually parted early um, because you know per rumors and whatever he was having I mean shit it's two full-time jobs you can, he, it, he had trouble fo- he had trouble focusing yeah and uh and then he wanted to come back and just hang out and that was shot down as well like we thought this was his fourth awkward departure in a row it was like his seventh i really want him to do the sting thing where he appears on the sidelines in a lane kiffin mask and pulls off the lane kiffin mask and it's lane yes. kiffin um but that sideline is Clemson's, I assume. Well, uh, Dabo is going to first have to be convinced that Lane has turned his life around. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, they're going to have to meet at Chick-fil-A at, at gonna need 10.30 to be witnessing. Men's yeah. Breakfast Bible Club. Yeah, there's going to be a prayer breakfast of some sort. This is, this is good, because I wondered how we were going to get into chicken. <laughs> it wasn't going to take very long. I mean, the fallback was the Peach Bowl, but yeah, chicken is the is the this is the most I've ever seen Jason have aggressive feelings about anything in the history of our working relationship. Uh, He has more chicken. He has more chicken opinions than college football opinions. I I feel fairly certain. 
If this was a chicken podcast, I would ha- I would get hate mail from it. I mean, th- this happened because at some point today we saw during the great um, Popeyes debacle, Popeyes versus Bob Ice, who apparently <laughs> the some singer who went to an airport Popeyes and expected courteous mm. service. Yeah, no, 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 like, man, man, he I went to about nine mistakes there. Finish, finish your story. I do have to clarify which one he went to, but finish well, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a key word missing. The Atlanta airport Popeyes, which, I mean, is, anyway, so someone mentioned Bojangles being better than Popeyes, and this legitimately pissed me off because I just don't understand how this, this opinion arises. Anyone, anytime, you know, people are having a good old celebration of Popeyes, the brand, the food, the uh, the roll of the dice service, you know, when you find out how much karma you've stored up in life, you find out how you are sitting with the Lord, you know, you, you walk in, you place your order, and then your walk with Christ determines what you get in the bag. You don't know. Uh, you know, See, to, to me, it sounded more like smashing a vase in a Zelda game. You're like, oh, that's what was in it. Cool. <laughs> you, got, you, you, got, you, you, got, you got a six piece and a rupee. yeah no there's there's a little bit of randomness at play for instance and no lie you don't follow me on twitter i I did go to popeyes tonight i went and got indian food for this my family happened to be within oh i don't know what i call striking distance of popeyes three miles and i I drove to popeyes and got some chicken tenders spicy don't ask me spicy or mild that's an insult so i I got them and it's supposed to be a five-piece box and having just written about the randomness of Popeyes and the inaccuracy that I love it for, I opened the box and there were eight chicken tenders in there, which is a a margin of error that's unacceptable in any business except for Popeyes. No, no, there is one other margin of error. There's one other place where that margin of error exists and it's the miracle of the fishes, the fish and loaves. That's exactly (laughs) what happened. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Are we, are we putting them in the category of the miraculous? Yes. Yes, yes perhaps. It's 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 the the contrast with Chick-fil-A and I think we've made this before is if you go into Chick-fil-A and your order is slow or incorrect, you should worry. If you go into Popeyes and your order is fast and correct, you should worry. And I, I will say this, Bo Bice walked into the Popeyes which the Popeyes normally, by the way, completely devoted to frying chicken and delivering it to you. How that happens and the proper calculation thereof and the acceptable business protocols in between, all debatable. What is never debatable is food quality or whether you will get something, correct? Yes, you'll get something and you'll like it. Right. In the end, you will be better off than when you walked in. And that's, dear friend, listener, what fast food restaurant does that apply to? That you go in and a positive always happens. I know one that's the opposite of that, is Taco Bell. Nothing good ever happens to Taco Bell. (laughs) Man, I'm just stupid enough that like twice feel a bad year, about yourself, I think your like, life. I, I think like, yes, yeah, I should probably try Choco Bell again. Maybe it's good now. It no. never is, man. Nope, nope, nope. So Popeye should change its its musical slogan from the Louisiana Fast one too. You can't always get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, if they played if they played that in the back of a Popeye's ad, I would roll. <laughs> that would be the ad of the year for somebody hearing this podcast or reading this piece and going, hey, guys, listen, the faithful know what's up and they know what song would best exemplify our business model. My point, Bo, Bo Bice, I have to point out, he was at the Hartsfield one. The Hartsfield one, if it is the one in the terminal, 
Okay. If it is mm-hmm. the one in the main terminal, which I suspect this is, I believe that's the only one, right? I believe. Don't quote me on that, though. I mean, okay. yeah, a, pop- a Popeye's pop-up. I would not put it past that happening. Yeah, but if it's the one, I believe it is uh, in Hartsfield. But no, there's there's three of them. I'm sorry. There's A, C, and B. Okay, but if it's the A one, all right, it's already in the distressed lower intestine of the airport. Okay. It's in the intake to the massive TSA checkpoint in the central terminal. It's right next to the gigantic atrium, which is always filled with one piano player and 350 people sleeping on chairs because their flights have been delayed. It is somewhere between a, a homeless camp and a, a small internment camp. That's there's, where there's Popeye's an entire mi- military battalion hanging out. It is literally one of the busiest places on earth, and you're putting a fast food restaurant there that cares about one thing, which is getting you out of its face and not courtesy. And this, and then you're placing it in this atmosphere of constant stress and anger. And on top of that, it's Hartsfield, and the people don't want to work there because working there sucks. So then you put a Popeyes right there, okay? The customer service at that particular Popeyes, whew, it's distressed even for a Popeyes. I will tell you that. I've eaten there many times. And on every single occasion, the goal is to simply get away from the counter before somebody yells at you. Okay. And, and that, by the way, that goes for the employees too. They feel the exact same way. They're underpaid and they're waiting for a traveler to scream at them for, for getting a sauce packet. Okay. That's it's all very understandable. It's a it's, it's a Hobbs it's a Hobbesian dining experience. It is, dude. It is short, brutish, and delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. It's like if Hobbs and Leviathan were Leviathan fried chicken. <laughs> fried Leviathan. You ever had that? I bet Ed Ocheron has. I bet. Yeah. Oh, you know, you gotta you gotta stew that. You can't fry it. It don't respond well to hot oil. Uh, you fry up a beetles above and you <laughs> you dip it in that, that hot sauce. That's a good eat. I love that you're not exaggerating. That's actually how he sounds. Oh, when people hear Coach O for the first time, they say, holy shit, you guys were not joking. No, you think we make things up. We've never told a single joke on this podcast. We just yeah, tell you what yeah. actually is and you laugh. Do you think it's possible Bo Bice has had numerous bad experiences at that particular Popeye's location. He's fine. Rushed them all off and then entered 2017 thinking, man, I gotta like, I gotta get my name back out there and said, aha, this, this is my road back to the public consciousness. <laughs> He's gonna perform at the inauguration off this. Oh, this is totally <laughs> happening, right? He's gonna do a song called, He's gonna go do a song called White Man. Do a song called Not White, White Boy. <laughs> White meat. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be white meat. The white boy ate white meat and now a white man. So the the key to Popeyes though, the key, you can finesse this. You can use this to your advantage. If they fuck your order up, go up to the counter and very cheerfully uh mention that, hey, I I I, I ordered this and I didn't see it. You're gonna get like eight of that thing. They're yeah. just gonna throw it at you until you shut the fuck up and go away. But they want it's you they want you cold. They want you to leave. Don't walk up. With your hurt self after they make fun of your name <laughs> or or after, as I've been called at a Popeye's, Dwight Schrute. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get roasted, but you're going to get chicken. You know what? And, you know, and I will say this, like 60 to 70 percent of the time when you get called white boy, that's either neutral to endearing. It is. Yeah, Dwight, Dwight Schrute is way worse than Dwight white Dwight Schrute's boy. way worse. I got torched at Popeye's. 
Somebody call Detroit Schrute. If you're at a Popeyes in Atlanta and they're calling you white boy, Spencer pointed this out in the thing he wrote today. It's probably because you're the only white boy. <laughs> it's like them calling you guy in blue shirt. There's like, and usually there's eight people waiting, right? And they all look the same. You can't walk out there and go, hey, give it to the irritated, hungry, hungry guy with a psychotic look in his eye. Give it to Bob Ice. Yeah, give it to Bob Ice. Give it to the American Idol guy. No, you just point out and you go, hey, give it to white boy. Okay. And that might be endearing too, if it's said with a smile. I think generally, if you get called blank boy anything after dark, it's probably bad. That's just my guess. Group of strange people coming at you with weapons going blank boy. That's not good. But otherwise, if you could call white boy to Popeyes, hey, that's a cheerful interaction. Neutral at best. The worst they're going to do is insult you and give you chicken. And you know what? You still got chicken. What's that got to do with your life? How fragile is your status? Right? Wasn't being second on American Idol enough? Evidently not. <laughs> um, so this is the first episode we're recording of this year, I believe. Um, I want to start by opening up about a failure in my own life and setting a goal for this year. And they're not exactly related, but they kind of are. First, I'm going to come out and say it. Uh, I, I sincerely don't think I've ever eaten at Popeye's in my life. And that's okay. That's okay. Oh, okay. You, 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 can, you can fix that. 2017 is the year to get it done. Yeah. There are people are always like, oh, well, they can't be in New York. I'm like, there are like eight. There's like everything. There everything are, is there in New York. There are plenty of Popeyes in New York. Dude, there's a, dude, there's a, there's a Popeyes in Istanbul in the airport. There are now two Popeyes in the Bahamas where there are not until the Bahamas Bowl delivered them. See, that's, that's evangelism. That's what that is. Um, so that's, that's an easy goal, but that's not really what I'm trying to do in 2017. What I'm trying to do in 2017 professionally. I'm trying to be the Bloomin' Onion mascot at this up this next Outback Bowl. Because I don't see a reason why I can't do it. Why I don't deserve to do it. Why I wouldn't fucking be great at it. And that's the only thing I want to get out of this. L- listen, 2016 had a daughter. The daughter is great. I love her. She's wonderful. Charming kid. All I want in 2017 is to be the Bloomin' Onion. So, so I'm going to push for that every day. I just want to real quick just give the listeners a little background here. Ryan isn't joking. Um, this no, this, not ha- this has to happen. Ryan, Ryan talked about this earlier. This, if this, you ha- did not, this if has you to did, happen. If you did not see it in the Outback Bowl, there was an actual dude in a Bloomin' Onion costume. Who was just rooting super hard for Florida. Yeah. And there's and there there was a woman in the coconut shrimp outfit and they they've done this for at least a couple years. The Bloomin' Onion guy also gets to wear a um a little hat that is uh the equivalent of the dipping sauce for the onion. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Now, I will say it looks it does look like it's possibly hot as hell. It's I'll be I'll be honest. I I think for a man of your stature, it's going to be a bake going to be a slow gonna, simmer yeah yeah it's going to be it's going to be a sweat and that's fine like my commitment to this goal is so true that i don't i don't care i don't care what i have to do out back uh, you need me in that onion i enjoyed the photos most of players pretending to bite the blooming onion after the game like standing next to it and the guy saying uh, like doing the cringe like no, don't eat me. And they're all, ah. don't eat my arm. Oh, no. Yeah. And they're all like pretending to eat the arm. 
Uh, when was the last time you took down a blooming onion? Even even part of a blooming onion, Ryan. I briefly thought about going today to <laughs> one of the New York locations to see, <clears throat> or uh, to see if I, or yesterday rather, to see if I could get the free one. I did not have time, but I mean, if that's what it takes, I'll take down a whole blooming onion to be the onion. Yes. To be the onion, you gotta beat the yes. onion, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Claire would tell you exactly that about the blooming onion. All eleven hundred calories of it. I think it's like eleven hundred. I think it's more. I think, actually, I think it's a I, lot I think that's more. Actually very, I think that's way lower. <laughs> yeah. dear, dear listener, please note the one of us who has eaten an entire one underestimates its calories. Yeah, oh, no, buddy. I've. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. If we, yeah. Boy, buddy, did I. Are you ready? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm sorry. You're, you, man. Scientific inaccuracy. I got right here 1,949, sir. Okay. Ooh. All right. So, Being so, so we agree. Calories. We agree that is. It is the number. It is the same number of calories as a reasonable year for one of our parents to have been born. Whoo! Yeah, buddy. It's uh, it's Truman, not Eisenhower, dog. It's a <laughs> slightly lean day worth of calories all at once. Yeah, this is this, this, in America. Yes, it's quite it's quite a bit. But I'll do it, and and I think here's the here's the most important thing to remember. It's 1954. Not one. It's almost 2,000 calories. And yeah. Outback still lists this motherfucker as an appetizer. If that includes the sauce, because that's gotta push it over two thousand. Because that's just fucking orange mayonnaise. Oh, that yeah, that that's gotta be. By the way, you're you're up for limit, right? For for sodium in a day. So, you know, dietary guidelines for Americans two thousand ten recommended around twenty three hundred milligrams. It's pretty generous. That's a lot. Blue of it is. One Bloomin' Onion has 4,100 milligrams of salt. Whew, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. man, those, those, those veins are going to be tight. Skin's going to be like a sausage casing. <laughs> You're going to have to push through it. Man, Ryan, damn, goddamn. Phew, work's cut out for you, bro, if you really want to be the onion. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm, try- I'm trying to succeed in 2017. I'm not trying to go half-ass here. Hey, bro, I'm pretty good, though. 28 grams of protein if you're bulking, so... <laughs> there's that I like that that's like not even like a whole lot like you could just that's like that's like what five eggs like, like yeah. you could just make a five egg omelet <laughs> like even the benefits are like eh. <laughs> yeah also congratulations zero percent of your required calcium iron or vitamin a or vitamin c so this is going to be great so you're gonna have- you know there's all you know there's a you know there's an upgraded option for the blooming onion too oh, right you fuck me what is it no 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 um too? so so this one is the loaded bloom. <laughs> it, it includes it includes bacon, ranch dressing, cheese, and French fries. Jeez. And this motherfucker, twenty three hundred calories plus. That's it. Oh no! This, this, this be, is what you get. No, when... no, that it's the plus there. That's like when you get to the end of the earthquake scale because they can't measure it, right? Like <laughs> this. This is ten. 10- point oh but you know we don't actually have the like instruments to measure it i I think it's like the decibel scale where like one decibel is not just like that many percents louder it's like a whole level louder like 150 like incredibly louder than 140 we're just gonna have we're just gonna have to do this we're just gonna do this in scientific notation right you know 10 to the fourth power calories (laughs) (laughs) something jesus well just invent a new unit altogether 
Oh, it's only 23 milli. It's only 23 uh, kilocalories. Cool. <laughs> Kilos. You're dropping keys. I, I like that when the when the playoff expands to like 38 bowls because no one gives a shit about a bowl unless it has the word playoff next to it tangentially at sometimes. They're gonna have to give away this um this this <laughs> mega death <laughs> blooming onion for the for the team that wins the playoff version of the Outback. Oh god, the playoff version of the Outback is gonna be so good because they're gonna try to like maintain you know decorum, trying to maintain some sort of championship air, right? This is the college football national championship, and there's gonna be somebody dressed like a giant coconut shrimp on the <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> like it's gonna be it's shit, man. That's gonna be you. That's the, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Make Spencer the shrimp. <laughs> Look at that. We've got both y'all jobs. I'm the shrimp. You're the blooming onion. It's going to be magnificent. And I ain't doing shit. They'll be like, you know, next year we should hire people who are less sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> we have to throw these costumes away. How disturbing would it be to have a shrimp? That's that. <laughs> it'll be like, it must be pollution. Oh. Just. Listen, listen. We're not sweaty. We're just, uh, we're just recreating the actual saltiness of. The <laughs> no, no, no. It's perfect right? because the shrimp is always the Big Ten team. So if you come in <laughs> looking like you just wandered in from the mountains, great. Or the the forest. <laughs> the forest of the forest of Wisconsin. I am beef jerky. <laughs> Actually, you're shrimp. But I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's a it's a kind of deer or something. Oh, majestic. <laughs> let's take some re- let's take some reader questions shall yeah we? yeah throw them out all right i'll start with one that is i'll start with one that is on topic and this is from uh john police or john police i don't know we'll call him police. i'm sorry don't call, don't call that man police john police at jo police on twitter why did ohio state suck so much ass hmm. well um, here's here's a good reason um, hand was straight up its ass yep Yep, that's true. Literally, Clemson placing uh, a hand. I don't, was that? I mean, I kind of thought that was the gooch, right? Was that the tank? No, nah, that's 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 the full Jim Henson. It was that's what you got. It was it was it was a honk honk, and then it was a whoop. Yeah. Somebody somebody uh, in our questions referred to it as the Clemson credit card, which I really enjoy. <laughs> that's what Ellie would call it. Yeah, the tip drill. Yes. I are the ip. The, no, actually, it would be the ipte drill. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing we've ever said. Oh yeah, we just did a tip drill joke about Clemson's athletic foundation. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> like four people got that, and three of them were us. Yeah, That's fine. Yep. The other one was Bill. The three, so. the three people who got it, it killed. It absolutely killed. <laughs> this is a very, a very outward-reaching program. <laughs> yes, but reaching inward when they need to. That's what Clemson does. Also, it reaches inward. Um, I think. Uh, well, there, there's that. Um, which I, you know, like I, football players are nasty, y'all. Rugby players are nasty, unless like it goes to a degree that you know I, that's not that's not a serious that's not a serious controversy. It's not okay. Football players are just like this. This happens all the time. He just isn't. I mean, granted, granted, Ben Bulware didn't necessarily make it better by talking about it. Tonight, no, but he, he made it pretty bad. And you had that's players fine. like our own Stephen White saying, yeah, we never did that. That usually happens at the bottom of piles. And it's usually not to that degree. You know, it happens all the time. It doesn't mean it's right. It doesn't mean it's right. 
But you know, it was I, like fucking Conrad Dobler, and you know, like 1970s NFL players doing like, there, there you, you got to bite a guy's nose if you need the fumble, but doing it with no fumble. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, doing it. Listen, the ball, the ball's on the ground. You kidnap his kids. That's legal. <laughs> the ball wasn't on the ground. I don't care. I yeah. don't care. It might be. The ball will keep be your head on a swivel. Play, and then you keep your head on a swivel and his kids in a pit. You, you know. Leg off the top of the cage if you to get the ball. The ball wasn't loose. Yeah. Well, my, I, that's why I dug around in there. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Of tantric sex manuals are to be believed. He would be calm and balanced after a brief touch there. So he's fine. <laughs> it's the worst thing. It's the worst thing I've ever said on any podcast. So it's up there. <laughs> to answer the original question, though, I think the answer is pretty basic. Just looking at Bill's S and P rankings. Um. Clemson's top 10 in offense and defense. And Ohio State played a lot of good teams this, this season. They beat the hell out of Oklahoma. They beat Michigan. Uh, they beat Wisconsin. And all of those all those teams have um, one unit that ranks really well that is in the top 10. But they don't have two. And that was sort of the problem is that it felt like all year – the the only the only team that comes close to this to having sort of that balance on offense and defense, Penn State has top twenty uh, offensive and defensive unit. None of those other teams do. They have one side of the ball that is notably worse. And I think, I mean, Ohio State just didn't get room. It just sort of got pinned and didn't get room to get up off the mat and breathe. Right. That's sort of what it felt like. Well, like they were just constantly trying to getting pushed back underwater trying to get up to the surface and they didn't sorry like this might be the idiot's opinion but it looked to me like ohio state got down and then just kind of freaked out just forgot that it's ohio state no you have one of the best running quarterbacks and all that and like yeah they weren't exactly winning the line of scrimmage but they didn't even start fucking trying until you know the second or third quarter yeah and i think they 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 what mike weber like their running backs combined had 11 carries total they relied on braxton or i'm sorry on jt barrett to to throw the ball which that's been if you looked at ohio state the whole time jt barrett's been getting by on a lot of grit and a lot of moxie and a lot of things that you can do against teams who don't apply the kind of offensive pressure on the defense that you're going to face so that when you get back and you have to make plays and sustain drives and you're facing a defense that's going to shut down the run, especially along the perimeter. That's the one thing I don't understand. Was Ohio State trying anything on the perimeter against Clemson? Because that wasn't going to work. I mean, the teams that did really well against Clemson were teams like, yeah, NC State, which were able to convert third downs passing against them. Or Pitt, which was really good in terms of being able to at least mount something like a run game. By the way, don't think that I'm saying they, they ran against them entirely. Peterman had a huge game passing the ball. Uh, against Clemson. Peterman might be a better passing quarterback than JT Barrett. Yeah. Because Barrett Barrett hasn't been good all year. They've had trouble getting over 100 yards sometimes in the passing game. And all of that sort of came to roost. Additionally, Ohio State had co-offensive coordinators all year long. And one of Meyer's struggles as a coach, and I don't want to say, well, it's happening again. It is happening again. No, but... Replacing offensive coaches from Meyer has been an issue sometimes. And, I mean, remember who he lost from the championship team. He lost Tom Herman and then never really sort of settled on one guy to run that offense. And I think that can work. 
But managerially, that can be kind of difficult to take two guys and get them to be on the same page. I mean, can you think of two successful co-coordinators other than Kiffin and Sarkeesian under Pete Carroll? TCU last year. And then, yeah. you know, this year we sort of saw that it was pretty up and down. But the co-coordinator thing, I mean, it worked great for Ohio State for about a decade on defense, but... Not on offense, though. And that's, you know. And it, wor- it worked okay this year on defense as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There still weren't any problems with the defense until, um, I mean, Luke Fickle, he's got a head, coach, head coaching job now. So, And I don't think the loss to Clemson, I wouldn't put that on the defense. I mean, it, no, they, no. they didn't play incredibly well, but they certainly did. Uh, I think they did enough to, they did enough to win. No, but you saw, you saw what Clemson's MO is when they're at their when they're at speed and at pace Clemson's way of tearing you apart is to let the plays pile up. Right. And to run side to side, get you tired and then start running up the middle of the second half. It's exactly what they tried to do against Alabama last year. And it worked brilliantly. Like I, when people say, well, I don't know, man, Alabama won last year. What makes you think they're going to win again? I'm like, I don't know. Single possession game where Alabama stole a possession, had to make an onside kick (laughs) in order to win that game because they realized they were playing arena ball. Clemson yeah. was without, oh, I don't know, three of its four best players. Mm-hmm. And still came within a fine hair margin of beating Alabama. So that, I think that's why Ohio State, like the primary issue was the, off- the offense. The primary issue was the lack of a passing game that forced them into some really weird spots offensively. Cool. Next question. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'll, I'll drop one on us. Um, this sort of combines everything we've talked about so far from Chris Barnwell on Twitter of the four playoff teams. Who is what fried chicken chain? Um, so there, there's a lot of ways to take this. I will say from this year's performances, Ohio state, y'all dropped a KFC on them, man, (laughs) because like everyone remembers when you used to be good. No one really remembers exactly what it was like right now, but we all sort of have fond memories. Uh, the recent performance is sort of clouding everything, and the recent performance was ass. Just inedible garbage that no one ever wants to look at ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, no, no, no wing game. Can't go through the air. So, yeah, totally KFC. I would argue that Washington was, uh, let's see, churches? It's fine. Churches is fine. Right. Heyday was in the heyday was in the early nineties. Uh huh. And not you know what? Not not ready to go up against the big boys. Not fine. They're good and they're good in their environment. If you got a churches and there's nothing else around, like I don't know, a, a team in in Washington, right? Yeah, you're fine. You come to Atlanta, you can have some competition. You'll probably lose. So so if your choices if your choices are churches or Cal, churches. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and I mean coming to Atlanta, your competition there. I mean, Chick-fil-A feels obvious for Bama, but you you walk in, you know exactly what you're going to get. It's going to be high quality. Uh, It's going to be delivered efficiently. The orders will all be correct. Everything will be fine. Nothing will surprise you. And then it's over. the customers have the same haircut. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dabo would be the most Chick-fil-A coach. Um based on certain opinions that each have uh, associated themselves with at time in the past. But yeah, Bama, you got to be Chick-fil-A. 
And then, and I, then I, 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 I think I. Th- well, I was gonna say Bama's just the chicken supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Bama is just Bama is a chicken. <laughs> the, the, oh, how bad do you want to eat? <laughs> Come and get it, motherfucker! All right, so I say that Alabama is Popeyes because I might go in wanting a full, entertaining performance, but they're not necessarily going to give me that. But when I leave, I'll go. Yeah, you're still the best. I didn't get what I wanted, but I, this is inarguable. And, and it's going to hurt, too. That's the other part. It's true. I'm, true. I, I'm going to say that Clemson is the Popeyes here. Because you walk in, you place your order. I would like the better team, Clemson, to win this football game. And I would like it to be pretty entertaining. Okay, those basic, very basic things are going to be delivered upon. You're going to receive your chicken, and then you're going to leave. But how you get from point A to B, point B, well, you might almost lose to fucking Troy or NC State, or you might destroy Ohio State. You know, any number of things could happen. I think the 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 random outcome generator that is Popeyes applies to Clemson better than it does any other team in the country this year. So let's just agree that whoever wins the national championship, that team is the most Popeyes. Uh, yes. Well, reward <laughs> that team will have won the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> The most prestigious of all bowls, and I'm not lying. Uh, Spencer, give us a question, please. Okay. I will take the question, let's see, since the... Uh, I don't want to do that one. Can I, can I kind of access... Okay, this is actually from Holly. Holly couldn't make this podcast because we planned poorly, but we're going to do a preview for the actual game. So instead, we will ask her question, which is... For real, we need to address which sports writer would win in a press box brawl. Without getting too far into the uh, inner workings of the press box, there's probably very few people who would perform well in a fight. So we'll answer this question I assume, in a I short assume we're restricting this, And I assume we're restricting this to college football. Yeah, it would be people who will likely be at the title game. Correct, correct. People, people who would likely be at the title game, who we say, okay, they're fit, they seem pretty mean, and or they're, they're not fit, but they're mean, and they've probably fought before. Um, my first nomination will be Ed Ashoff of ESPN. He is very fit. Uh, he is, he's not tall. He's not exactly short, but he's not tall, so he, he's going to go for the legs. It'll be difficult. He'll be near very sensitive parts. He's going to be a difficult fight. So I draft Ed Ashoff first. Oh, that's good. Um, damn. I, I think I'll go with Bruce, Bruce Feldman, Feldman? next. Fox yeah, Sports. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't look at Bruce and necessarily think that he's a fighter, but he is, he is in very good shape, and I believe he has twins. Uh, he knows anger. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so he's so so like you're not. And let me put it this way: you're not going to knock him out with one punch. He's going to take some punishment. Yeah. Also, he went to Miami, so he's been in a fight before. He's been in a chaotic environment before. Um, I trust his judgment on when to bail on the fight and when to dive in. I think that's a canny pick. I'll tell you, I, I think I think maybe a little undersized. Maybe. Yeah, that's 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 a totally fair concern. I'm gonna yeah. nominate I'm gonna nominate two both former full cast guests. Um we're we're gonna hit him with Andy Staples, who former offensive lineman, has some stature to him, has some reach. Um we know very- based on his food consumption habits, the man can take punishment. It's true. And you know what? Uh, he's nice. And I'm always terrified of really nice guys in a fight who are very energetic because uh, they take it personal. And that's when that's when you get your ass beat. And, and yeah, definitely. 
And also our own Richard Johnson, who will be there, also a former full cast guest, also got some stat- got some stature to him. Uh, he's a young guy, so the dad strength advantage goes to Staples. But uh, keep an eye on Richard. Yeah, man, I would. I no lie, I would watch this four way fight. I would, and I'm going to put an alternate in here. Uh, having met him in the flesh for the first time, you can follow him at Cecil Hurt on Twitter. Uh, Cecil Hurt from AL.com. Uh, Cecil looks like a Cecil looks like a seasoned shit kicker from Alabama. Uh, it's a good and and Cecil Hurt. That's a great fighting name. <laughs> a fucking sure, awesome name. Like I'm pretty sure the minute a fight starts, a two by four appears in his hand, right? Like magically, like hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan, like a whoop, like a whooping stick just descends from the heaven. The other heaven. thing to consider here is who's going to be really good in extremely close quarters because a press box is like a series of hallways that are at different elevations. Mm, yeah, you need an old boy type, right? Somebody who's good with a hammer in a closed space. You need, is there, you need is Daredevil there, is who you need. Yeah. Are there any coaches who are going to be possibly in the press box? No, no, no. They're they're consider? they're on a different level. We're eliminating That's coaches because thing, they're yeah. not. Well, I mean, Jim McElwain is going to be on fine bomb during the game. Yeah, no, he you could you could whip his ass. He'll, no, <laughs> he'll drop the loafers on you. <laughs> He's already close to barefoot, man. Never fight a barefoot man. He's got nothing Never to lose. Barefoot person. <laughs> Also, Jim McElwain's from Wyoming. His sense of space is distorted, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, everything's so close here. The nearest object is 300 yards away. Uh, <laughs> Him in those tight quarters, they'll be freaking out. Don't yeah, go near exactly. that guy. Yeah, this isn't big sky country. <laughs> I can only win a fight if I can see the mountains. Yeah. All right. I want to take this question from Josh Brundage at Josh Brundage on Twitter. Are you aware that Georgia Tech won nine games and went 3-0 and against the SEC? I was aware of the latter, yes. <laughs> Because that part is funny. Wait, they went nine and four. Holy shit, we predicted ten and we were almost fucking right. We've made fun of that pick for like five months and we almost nailed it. Yeah, we were uh, fucking we were pretty genius. close. Um, and and Georgia Tech went three and zero with all of those wins coming in the SEC East, correct? They beat yep, Vanderbilt, Georgia, Vanderbilt, Georgia, and Kentucky. Uh, yeah, I mean they'd still finish behind Florida, but. I think everybody else on the list of uh, SEC East co- opponents. No, no, they would have won the division per the bylaws, which we had to look up midseason because LSU oh, right, was scared right, to play right, Florida right. <clears throat> or whatever it was. Yeah, uh, had that, that in for them. <laughs> had that in for, oh, yeah, they lost. I'd like to remind but, but, everyone but that they per lost. Per the bylaws, it goes by win percentage. So Georgia that's a, Tech that's won the SEC. That's a really good season. point. So, so Georgia Tech should have been in the SEC championship game, and Alabama's. Alabama's place in this playoff is uh, fraudulent. I'll just say it. Let's <laughs> protest. Let's demand a recount. Agreed. Can you I, college in here? I cannot imagine anything more surly than Paul Johnson coaching a game against Alabama. Just looking across and going, well, hell, what am I going to do with that? Uh, the only thing I can propose is Nick Saban <laughs> coaching a game against Georgia Tech. <laughs> we recall he's already so pissed off when he had to play Georgia Southern that like a year later he's still cussing about it like shit like shit through a tin horn hey guys do you know who Georgia Tech plays uh, week one or their first game of the season next year who do they play Tennessee <laughs> immediately after the game he said we're 3-0 and in the SEC so we got Tennessee next <laughs> He called your sorry asses out, Vols. Georgia Tech is like just trying to line up Missouri in a bowl game next year so they can just round out the entire division. Gotta whoop I them mean, all. 
I feel like I feel like Missouri is going to be the big problem there. <laughs> just yeah. chasing Mizzou around the country. Yeah. <laughs> just Georgia Tech. Missouri's do- Missouri's dodging them the whole time. No, won't schedule you and we won't make a bowl. Georgia Tech. It's a perfect crime. <laughs> Brilliant. Texas just out of here dropping games so they can get into the bowl game, right? <laughs> Why are you putting on second down against Duke? We Ball want down. Mizzou. Trying to get Mizzou's sorry ass. <laughs> They're scared. This is the worst Mega Man ever. Can you imagine, like, Washington, you know, Washington did the season long, we want Bama thing, and then, like, oh, fuck, why'd we do that? But, like, just picking just some random, you know, just, <laughs> we, we, we want Oregon State. <laughs> I think it's Oregon good. State looks up like, you do? Well, you know, a new year is about picking realistic goals. Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech's never done anything but pick realistic goals. Like beating a Kirby Smart Coach Georgia team, for instance. Wow. Please give us another question, Jason. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. From A.B. McQueen 87. There's another Clemson uh, question. If four fingers deep was too far, what is the acceptable number of fingers? And do conferences set the appropriate amount? So one issue during Clemson, Ohio State might have been uh, that was a Pac-12 crew. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yes, because everybody everybody got pac 12 in that game. Okay, that that might have been correct. Might have been totally off because I, I, it was an ACC crew during the other game, I, I think. But uh, so one issue here is that Ben Bowler might have been smart enough to realize that four fingers was fine per that conference's rules, and that's that's what he could get away with. Um, yeah, that, that, I don't really have a lot to say about that question. It just made me laugh, so I wanted to read it. Here is another... Well, my, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go Well, ahead. if you wanted to talk about fingers and buttholes, Ryan, you can go ahead. No, I just I just, I just, just want to be clear that four fingers is not a measure of depth. It's a measure of width. width. That's all. Yeah. I, would also, I would also like to say that while I'm entertaining the otherwise deplorable question, that the deplorable answer and the most deplorable answer of all of them would be whatever the Big 12 said was acceptable based on the last year. Big 12. The wide open Big 12. Just, you know, saying they're not the best when it comes to processes about evaluating these kind of things. Prostates, though. <laughs> they got that handled. No, Ben Bolware does. Or Christian Wilkins does. Sorry. Getting my Clemson players mixed up. Uh, from Jason Ringer, JJ Ringer on Twitter. What new coaching hire is most, most likely to be a train wreck? And I'll go ahead and take Lane off the table because Lane Kiffin near Miami I don't know if train wreck covers it. Midair collision, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Fair, very, very disaster. Like interplanetary, like something involving a goddamn comet, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't... Manure, manure plant explosion. Yeah, this was uh, what was it? Uh, fertilizer truck collides with landscaping crew. <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks factory <laughs> targeted by terrorists. Yeah. yeah. Terrorists, terrorists carrying bees. Yeah, quinceanero um, <laughs> fiasco. That's that's what this will be. <laughs> okay, so so the the choices that jump out potential. I mean, Tom Herman at Texas, I feel like, is off the table just because I don't know what that disaster would look like at this point. I really don't think he can do worse than Charlie Strong did. Um, Matt Rule, I guess, also is off the table for the same reason, that, like, hey, the standard for what a disaster is is pretty, 
pretty hard to reach. Mm, uh, mm, I got, I, I got, I got one for you. It can look like a mess just because the year one of this project has looked like a mess everywhere, and it ends up okay. But year one, for Willie Taggart, Oregon could look pretty rough. Yeah, that that could be because that's a, that's a rebuild, and year year one for Taggart at both USF and at Western Kentucky. Um, it's, it's it's fundamentals time, folks, and sometimes Willie, Willie's not going to come in take what was there and and you know make it look no willie starting over that's that's what willie likes to do no 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 oh, you wait. see you see no, you see I, this this oh. is going to be shiplap but i gotta strip it okay and this floor it, the whole thing's got to come up there's some drywall I, you're gonna have to move into a hotel for a while or yeah you got some hoke in these walls <laughs> so <laughs> jesus so i got two answers here um one is whoever takes the minnesota job at this point oh that's a good one. And the, here's the answer that, that not that I think is most likely to be a train wreck, but that I will laugh the hardest if it is. Randy Edsel back at UConn. <laughs> because the bar is six wins. And if you can't hit that. Mm. Well, I really just hope I, I hope that they're like, well, you're Randy. You did it before you took us to an orange bowl. What the hell? What the hell, Randy? Promises were made. I want to know at what point they open the door and he walks in. What week they turn around? And they're like, God, you, you again with yeah, the yeah. coming to work just, and going and winning a, and losing a game 12 10. He just you. gave up 18 points to Tulane and lost. <laughs> like, how at what point? It'll probably be like week four, right? When they're like, God, this guy. Can you imagine you're in the Northeast where Chip Kelly coached at New Hampshire? And uh, you hire Andy Etzel, and like a week later, Chip Kelly's on the market. <laughs> so that so that that is a good that is a good segue to the next question I want to ask, which is, um, and we can get through this one quick. This is from Aaron Staggs at AJSRNJ. What is the dream scenario for how FAU Lane Kiffin inevitably ends? Uh, the answer is they fire him and hire Chip before he can even start day one. So like tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Like, for a guy who has failed up consistently, and even his most, his his moment of highest shame, getting fired on a tarmac after getting pasted by Arizona State, even that felt like it came pretty late and after he had plenty of chances. Mm-hmm. To, to have this ripped away from him no, no, after, no. after uh, di- I mean. No, 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 because we know how this would go. He, he gets the Rams job. Fine with that. Fine with that. All of this is good. Yeah, that would be delightful. He would be back. He'd be back in his. He'd be back. He'd be coaching. Uh, what is it? Off brand. He'd be coaching the the Scion brand USC team, the Rams. He'd also be facing Pete Carroll twice a year. And do you yes. not think Pete Carroll would be coaching fucking circles around him? You don't think Pete Carroll's just going to be pitching downhill at him all four quarters? Like this is this is the NFL. We'll just manage the end of this game. Surely they won't. Nope. No, they went for it. They went for it on fourth. Pete will. Pete will actually have have it arranged so that Lane is connected to his headset so that he knows everything he's calling. Just to just to be like, hey, hey, buddy, it's cool. You can play this one on freshman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Th- that's the the one thing. It, that I I take real joy in about Chip Kelly being out there is the looming uh, figure of him landing anywhere in college when clearly Chip Kelly never wants to coach in college again. Like if if he can get any job in the pros, he will take it over recruiting. Because remember, Chip Kelly like wrote a check to a recruiting guy 
Like that's how little he cared about recruiting. He's like, whatever, take a check. You can't do that, Chip. Just take it. Take a traceable financial document. Thank you. <laughs> With my handwriting on it. That's fine. Anything <laughs> um, just to avoid having to talk just, to humans. Just it's worth it. Um, yeah, if Chip Kelly is it has not found coaching employment by the time next season starts, I predict that by week seven, somebody will fire their coach just to be like, we're going all in on Chip. That's it, man. We haven't even talked to him yet, but that's how important this is. Or Alabama pays him $30,000 a year to break down second and fives. That's it. Sec- can I look at second and four? No! God damn it, we don't pay you $30,000 a year to look at second and six. I... A bunch of fucking go-getters. Get back in the film room. I I would like to pick a question, if I could call one up here. Although, if either of you have one before I do, I need a second to scroll, because it was a good one, but I have to find it. Sure. Um, let's go with this one from we'll use this as kind of a a a bull recap question and i'm going to throw it to you jason first uh this is from chris moritz chris moritz one on twitter who falls furthest in 2017 from their preseason ranking to the end of the season i realize you don't have the 2017 schedule in front of you and that probably is an important factor but just based on who's who did well in bowl season and is going to get a bull bump and then waste it who 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 are you feeling good about for the uh overinflated, quickly deflated status in 2017. The first team that I was looking at as a potential bowl bump team this year was Georgia. Um, Not because what they did was so impressive. Like, beating TCU, that's no big deal. But you bring back a lot. You've got a a rising sophomore quarterback, all that. The roster looks great. The division is shit. Um, But I think Georgia's going to be pretty good. I don't you know, I mean, yeah, Georgia, sure, sure, sure. If you're talking about a national title team and they finish nine and three, then technically they collapse. But um, I don't think Georgia really fits what we're looking for here. Um, this hurts to say, but Miami maybe <laughs> because like you're losing Brad Kaya. We have no idea what you have at quarterback. Um, you got a talented roster. Uh, you know, I, I think you have a decent team. Um, the recruiting is, you know, it's not up to Florida State par. It's not up to, uh, it's not up to Clemson par. Um, I don't see a collapse coming, but the, you know, they're the second team that comes to mind as a ball bump team. Um, you got anything, Ryan? Well, they're they're definitely not a ball bump team. Um, I am a little worried about how highly we're going to think of Louisville entering next season. I get that they're bringing back a Heisman winner, but but a lot of teams have shown that that bringing bringing back the guy who won that award is is very far from a guarantee of immediate success. So, including in the bowl game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I got some concerns about that. Looking back over. Um, who was actually successful in bowl games, and that may be meaningful something for them. Virginia Tech is an interesting bump candidate because people are going to say, oh, they beat an SEC team, and they they did it with this big comeback, but they're losing a ton, a ton next year. So I, if, if you see them creeping up to top 15 preseason, just, just like be ready for that to maybe not work out. Let me just throw one more in there. Florida. <laughs> oh, always throw florida Fuck. in there <laughs> Fuck, man i only say that because if you look back florida historically over the last 25 years has been one of the biggest underperformers because they're consistently overranked from where they actually should be now 
my personal bull bump team, um, the team I will readily acknowledge I'm overrating for next year is NC State. Um, the 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 advanced the, the advanced uh, analytics like them. S and P has them in the top twenty five, I believe. They trashed Vanderbilt, which was a decent team that was better than its record. Um, you know, they almost beat Clemson. They I think they were a lot better than their record this year, and I don't believe they lose a whole lot. So. Since I'm on board with NC State, I'll go ahead and say NC State will collapse. Congrats, Wolfpack! <laughs> oh man, that was that was that was almost the closest we've gotten to saying something positive about NC State. Uh, you know what? It, it, I, I'm kind of with Jason though. Like, I really, I want them to be good. I just because, like, I don't know. Like they for once ever, right? They've built very slowly and gradually into something competitive, and you want that to pay off, right? Like in theory. That should pay off, and it would be a real NC State thing to either, one, freak out and fire him for no reason in the next, like, two weeks, <laughs> right? So who or, are the coaches who won bowl games and are still on hot seats? Like Dave Doran, <laughs> Butch <laughs> Jones. Butch Jones, man. There's no, like, Butch Jones, yay! Okay, and then I immediately fire my offensive coordinator. Everyone's going to hate whatever hire I make next. They're just going to hate it, right? Like, you could bring in Chip Kelly and then be like, washed up! <laughs> Trash. Never recruited in the state of Tennessee. Never recruited in the state of Tennessee. Which the rejoinder is, well, no one has. <laughs> yeah, no one does. <laughs> you That's go somewhere else. For. You need to keep talent in the state. There's no talent in the state. I mean, in anything. In it's anything. Shaped. There's eight good mandolin players and two good surgeons. And they're all in Nashville. <laughs> There's a couple of good oncologists <laughs> in Memphis and every rapper in Memphis. Other than that, you know, and there's Chris Vernon. There's your talent in the state of Tennessee. Everyone else just goes to church and tells them how great they are. That's it. That's the entire state. I will bomb, drop bombs on that wretched place for as long as you like. <laughs> Parallelogram of mediocrity. <laughs> I have a question that I, I expect no answer to. Um, what are we going to do with LSU next year? Top 10, probably, I'd say. Okay, okay. Just just, uh, just refresh our memory. Jason, what did, what did you uh, predict for LSU this year? Brother, I predicted the uh, Citrus Bowl Championship. That was what I predicted. Or uh, National Championship. Was, was, yeah. was probably correct. But I, I'll say they'll cool. be top 15 next year. Darius Geis and all that. And, mm, uh, I, think they're, I think they are in the category of talented guesswork, which is usually between the 9 and 14 spots on a top 25. So, right. yeah, we'll put them at 13. There you go. Lucky 13, LSU. Woo. You think people actually You think people actually have a science behind this? No, they don't. If they're guessing, but they're pretty sure they're good, 9 and 14, 9 and 13. That's your range. Yeah, teams, teams, team in the pre, in the way too early rankings and all that. Teams between fifteen and twenty five. Those are like teams that are like, well, they're re- re- returning um, their coach. <laughs> those are those are also those are also the teams where the voters are like, man, I don't want to deal with tweets from that fan base. Fine, go ahead. My favorite, put them at twenty four. My favorite. Arkansas is twenty four. Just saying, so you're sixteen. My fa- <laughs> good. Just just. My favorite range is between four and eight, because those are teams where you're like. I'm pretty confident they're good, but I'm too chicken shit to really stick my neck out there for them because I've seen them screw Wait. up before. Hold on. That wasn't a Notre Dame joke. No. Oh. Now it is. Now it is. <laughs> oh. so we did it. Ryan found a way to talk about Notre Dame while talking about teams that are ranked. If you've made During, if a, you've, bowl, if during you've, a bowl podcast. If you've made it this far into the podcast, just know that on April 8th, 
all EDSPS is going to be devoted to <laughs> is Notre Dame shit. Go ahead and you know schedule that, right? and tweets. Even if you die before then, that'll make the be so more good. Amazing. If I kicked it, if I kicked it sometime in February in a you know agricultural accident of some sort, and like scheduled that tweet, and it's like, oh, that's so sad. And then it's like, back from the dead. Notre Dame's four and eight. Like, who is the celebrity who did uh, John Rivers? John Rivers <laughs> wished us Merry Christmas from the Great Beyond. Do the same with fuck Notre Dame forever. <laughs> Schedule hey, hey, every hey, I'm eight. in hell and I'm here to report that Notre Dame sucks. <laughs> I'll schedule it every April 8th for the rest of eternity, whether I'm alive or not. What happens if you do that? What if you go into TweetDeck and schedule a tweet for like 2138? Is it going to go That's, out? Yeah, Zion's no. Gonna do that. He's going to no, do man. that right now. If if the slug people haven't taken over civilization by then and we're all not living underground, yeah, by, just go ahead by and this or By this? T- Wait, why, why has Brian Kelly taken over at that point? I'm confused. <laughs> Scissor lift our way back to greatness. 